Hello. Welcome to the Clifford Chance podcast, where experts discuss pressing issues and trends faced by the business world today. My name is Alex Pollis, and I am a finance capital markets lawyer in the Clifford Chance Paris office. Today's episode is the first episode in our Debt Capital Markets mini-series. We will be looking at blockchain in France, what is currently permitted, in particular, what is the legislative regime in place, and what is not yet possible. One of our conclusions will be that you can't just look at France in silo. What is happening in Europe is very important to developments of blockchain and debt capital markets. Whilst today's topic has a French focus, if you are someone who follows developments in blockchain technology or debt capital markets more generally, we hope that what we have to say will be of interest. For today's episode, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Letitia Grimo, a guest, a debt capital markets lawyer at Matrixis. Letitia is a blockchain specialist who has been following blockchain developments for several years now, and she sits on the advisory board of D2X, which is a tourist exchange platform for digital assets. Letitia, welcome. Hello, Alex. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you, Letitia. It's really very kind of you to join us today. And keep you talking as quickly as possible. So without further ado, let's start with a look at what is permitted in France. I think it's fair to say that the French legislators and regulators have been welcoming the potential offered by blockchain technology. That is the possibility of making it cheaper and quicker for issuers to access the capital markets. I suppose the immediate place to start is the 2017 blockchain order, which followed on from an April 2016 order allowing for short-term notes, bond requests, to be issued using blockchain technology. Letitia, perhaps you could start by explaining to our listeners the importance of the 2017 blockchain order. Yes, sure. Um, so the blockchain order basically allows for unlisted securities, uh, more specifically shares and bonds that are not traded on a trading venue, as well as negotiable debt securities and units or shares of collective investment undertakings to be issued directly on a DLT, so distributed ledger technology, which include blockchains, to circulate, be transferred and be delivered on a blockchain. So. In France, what you will hear is the term DEEP, Dispositif d'Enregistrement Électronique Partagé, which in fact is the blockchain itself. So what's important to say here as well is the order is technologically neutral, meaning that the DEP can well be public or private. So private blockchains and public blockchains, the order does not treat them differently. Previously in France, the securities had to be represented by a record in an account open in the owner's name, maintained by a custodian. And the 2017 order stated that recording securities through a DEP would be equivalent to recording them in an account held by a custodian. So that's a very nice step forward. Thanks, Tisha. So if we just pause there for a second, the 2017 blockchain order was a major breakthrough in that it stipulated for the first time in France that bonds issued or recorded on the blockchain would be recognised as legal securities, which were capable of being issued, owned and traded. Before the order, securities issued or recorded on blockchain platforms had no clear legal status. The next mass legislation was in 2018, when the blockchain decree built on the blockchain order, particularly with regards to the blockchain platform itself. Letitia, can you talk us through the importance of the 2018 decree? Yes, sure. So having said that the order is technologically neutral and applied to all sorts of DLTs, whether public or private, the decree sets out the requirements for the blockchain itself. So, for example, the issuer or its agent must have an activity continuity plan in place, which includes an external process for the periodic safeguarding of data, so the entries on the blockchain. 
And the owner of the securities must have an access to a personalized statement of transactions, should he wish to. In addition to this, the DEP on which the securities are registered must be structured and set up to guarantee the recording and the integrity of the inscriptions and allow for the identification of the owners of the securities, their nature, the number of securities held. That's, that's also due to the fact that securities um, that circulate on a DEP are in nominative format as opposed to bearer form. And finally, the decree also sets out the conditions according to which the securities could be pledged. So when you want to know about the French regime, you should really be uh, reading the decree alongside the order. Great. Thanks, Peter. That's, that's very clear. So quite a lot of ground is covered by the decree, but certainly by defining important parameters for the technology, essentially ensuring that there are minimum standards of robustness and reliability, the 2018 decree was a key step forward. So that sets out what is permitted in France, perhaps best summarised as the use of blockchain to issue, record, own and trade unlisted securities. Atisha, what for you are the key points to note for what is not permitted under the current regime? Yeah, so what's important to note is listed securities uh, are unfortunately not covered the order. Uh, and the reason for this is what's possible in France is linked to the EU financial services legislation, with my, which was not originally designed with DLT and crypto assets in mind. So there are provisions in, in the existing EU regulations that may preclude or, or limit the use of DLT in the issuance, the trading, settlement of security tokens. So, for example, listed securities fall within the scope of EU directives and regulations such as MIFID, the Markets in Financial Instruments Directive, CSDR, the Central Securities Depositories Regulation, and the Settlement Finality Directive, to name a few. And to take two examples, CSDR tells you that when you list a security on a trading venue, you have to go through a central securities depository, so Euroclear, for example, whereas blockchain offers the possibility for cutting out intermediaries. And MIFID 2 tells you that you need a person responsible for the management of the platform where you want to list your securities, where blockchain offers the advantage of greater reliability through decentralization. So you can see how these examples show the incompatibility between how blockchains operate and the EU regulation as it currently stands. So clearly the French are somewhat hamstrung by what is happening at the European level. And the constraints imposed by, as you mentioned, MIFID, uh, CSDR, and the Settlement Finality Directives. However, I think it is an important, however, it, it does seem that the European legislators are aware of these problems. Um, I suppose I'm thinking particularly of the pilot regime, which was put forward last year in the context of the European Digital Finance Package. Leticia, would you be able to give our listeners your thoughts on the European pilot regime? Yes, sure. So first of all, the pilot regime should be in place uh, next year. We, we very much hope so. It basically allows certain actors to ask for exemptions to some provisions of EU law which are currently in the way and, and are seen as obstacles to, to the development of security tokens. So you know how I just mentioned CSDR and the fact that when you list the security, you have to go through a CSD. Well, that's an example of the exemption that you could ask for. So you could well then have a listed security that you tokenize and that wouldn't need to go through a CSD. So that's the kind of example. And there are other examples. But what I want to talk to you about is um, the, the criticisms that there are currently around this pilot regime. 
at this stage, there are many criticisms. So, for example, there is some lobbying made at the moment from several institutions and working groups throughout Europe to the EU commissions because, to put it simply, first of all, only CSN multilateral trading facilities are able to ask for these exemptions. So banks and other types of companies cannot benefit from the regime, let alone newcomers such as startups. Um, that's a big issue because it narrows down the size of the playing field. And a lot of actors are frustrated because they cannot be part of the experiments. That's the first pain point we noticed. The second criticism is about the restrictive thresholds that the pilot imposes on the amount of securities that can be issued. They're seen as being very low and there is lobbying around increasing the amounts. And then another point is that the EC proposal seems to impose the use of proprietary DLTs as opposed to public ones. So there's been a push for more neutrality in terms of the technology that can be used to, so that we don't favor private blockchains over public blockchains. So let's see how the European Commission reacts to the criticisms and whether it, they will take them into account in, in the final version of the pilot. So I suppose that there are criticisms that have been made, but at least it's a step in the right direction and it's certainly an opportunity for market actors, albeit the current market actors, to explore the possibilities offered by blockchain technology in the debt counter markets. And, and I think that the European legislators are right to think that the best way of identifying how to adapt to the European legislation is to experiment, to see what works well and, and see what works less well. So, teacher, that brings us to the final section of our podcast on settlement. How would you best summarize the options settlement of blockchain transactions and what would you say are the issues with each? So, yeah, today, when it comes to settlement of securities on-chain and more particularly in relation to the cash leg of the settlement, you only have a few options. So, you can have the delivery of the bonds on-chain and the payment off-chain through traditional payment rails with escrow account system, for example. But the disadvantage of this, of course, is it takes time and because you have the intervention of additional intermediaries and in a way goes against the spirit of blockchain technology. On-chain settlement would be atomic and thus way quicker. So this is what we're aiming at. Then you could well have the delivery of the bonds and the payment on the blockchain through the use of stablecoins. Now, there are a few comments that need to be made around stablecoins. First of all, the vast majority of stablecoins today are pegged to the dollar and only a few are pegged to the euro. So there's a sort of imbalance uh, right now. Then, pending the implementation of MICA, which is the markets in crypto assets regulation that you may have heard of, which will regulate stablecoins and things, an EU level. Uh, the treatment of stablecoins today is still a little bit unclear and it could not be exactly the same from one EU country to another. And then lastly, not forget that you face, you still face the counterparty risk of the issuer of the coin because the, the issuer of the coin is supposed to have a reserve uh, of the underlying fiat currency. So you, sh you should keep in mind that you still have this, this counterparty risk. It's not a CBDC. And so that's, that's the solution we, we could have to those two problems, is to have um, an actual central bank digital currency. That would be a digital euro, for example, issued directly by the ECB. That would remove the counterparty risk. And at the same time, this will allow for an atomic settlement on-chain. There are several experiments being launched as we speak uh, by several central banks throughout Europe. 
such as the Banque de France, uh, in order to, to test the use of central banks' digital currencies and how it could be developed at an EU level at some point. So let's see how uh, the ECB moves forward on this topic. Thank you, Peter. So uh, what you're saying is currently both the on-chain and the off-chain settlement solutions are imperfect. And I suppose digital currency is a big enough topic for an entire podcast, but it's, it's really very helpful to have your explanations. And I think for our listeners, it's vital to have that key notion in their heads that digital currency is a potential solution uh, to removing, uh, a potential solution for removing counterparty risk from on-chain settlements. And in reality, as, as you say, unless someone can come up with some funky solutions for off-chain settlements, on-chain settlement is where we want to go if we are to benefit to the fullest extent from blockchain technology. So that brings us to the end of today's podcast. Perhaps to summarise what we've discussed, France has started to build a regulatory regime and it is possible now to issue unlisted securities on blockchain platforms. But unfortunately, listed securities cannot yet be issued on blockchain and that is for reasons outside of the control of the French due to the constraints imposed by European law. There are also key teething problems with the technology, notably the imperfect means of settling blockchain transactions, but one shouldn't be too negative. The EU are open to reform and have launched a pilot regime to encourage just that. Patricia, any final thoughts? Yes, sure. So, look, I mean, in relation to the tokenization of unlisted securities in France, I believe uh, we have a very, very attractive regime compared to other countries, if you think about it, where the position is not always very clear. We have the chance to have a very clear set of rules and the regulator, the AMF, who's very helpful, proactive in this field, and it brings more and more projects and, and investors. So I think France is in a very good position. To listed securities, well, we very much look forward to having the, the pilot regime implemented at an EU level. This will definitely bring some interesting projects. Actors will come together in different groups, and this will give rise to another very, very important step for the blockchain ecosystem. And finally, of course, with the likely launch of a digital euro in the near future, this will be another very important stepping stone in, in the development of security tokens. Letitia Grimoire, yes. Thank you once again for joining us today and providing us with your invaluable insights. Thank you very much, Alex. If listeners would like to find out more about blockchain, please go to the tech group hub of Clifterchance.com, where there are sections on our blockchain capabilities and fintech more generally. We also have the tech news website, talkingtech.clifterchance.com, which offers the latest insights and developments in tech, including blockchain. You've been listening to the Clifter Chance podcast on our Debt Capital Markets mini-series. Please subscribe to our podcast by visiting chance.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm.